2: listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott.
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today. Number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, or PSF as people uh, like to say. Uh, you know, a lot's going on, obviously, in the world today. We'll hit a couple of different topics, and we have Philip DeCourcy on at 4 o'clock in the next hour, and you definitely want to hear what he's got to say. Pastor DeCourcy has a lot of great insight on what is happening in Israel, what it means biblically, also what it doesn't mean, and different things uh, for us to consider. I think that's going to be very, very good for all of us, so make sure you're still with us at 4 o'clock, and uh, we will get to that. You know, I've been telling you for a while how relevant the book 1984 is, and I encourage you to go back and read that. It was written in 1949, but it's describing, not really 1984, but it's describing now. And one of the things in it is called the memory hole. And maybe you've heard that term before. There's a lot of terms from that book that people will put out there, you know, uh, Big Brother and different, uh, they're called Orwellian terms because uh, uh, Orwell wrote 1984. They come from that. Well, we are witnessing something that happened yesterday that is with respect to the reporting on the explosion at the, uh, which turns out to be just outside a Gaza hospital in the war. And I want us to pay attention to that. There's so much we can learn from this about how the media is working, how we have to be very careful about what we receive as truth, Um, obviously about a war, and those things are always complicated anyway. It's called the fog of war. That's nothing new, that part of it. But there's also the fog of all kinds of things. There's even things that maybe we were taught as kids about the world or even about our faith that aren't really true. You know, maybe maybe you've had that experience where you've been uh, led to believe something or you, you believe something for a while and you read your Bible and you found out it's not in there. In fact, whenever I did a series of read through the Bible, whenever I've had people do that, maybe you've had this experience. It's remarkable how many questions I get, not about what's in there sometimes, but what's not in there. You know, people say, where's this? Where was this verse? Where was this thing here? I've always thought, well, it's not there sometimes. Or or there are things that are, you know, there are theological concepts that aren't spelled out very easily. And that's part of Bible study. That's part of how you get to know it. That's why you, you got to read and you got to pay attention. Anyway, the, the memory hole when it comes to 1984 is a physical shoot. So there's the main character of the book, Winston is his name, and uh, he is working for the Ministry of Truth, which really is the Ministry of Untruth. But the Ministry of Truth, what it's there to do is protect the the narrative that the government wants everybody to have. And the, the memory hole was actually a physical chute or an incinerator where he would be going through old newspapers or old... Copies of speeches from Big Brother or different things that were reported at different times. And if that reporting goes contrary to whatever the current narrative is, he would literally take this and throw it down the memory hole and it would be incinerated and gone. You know, in 1949, you didn't have the internet, you didn't have things digitally the way we have them now. So back then, anything would have been a print. So the idea is that they could control every piece of print. And if something went out, you could bring it back in and then utterly destroy it. So b- books and newspapers, photographs, and any other evidence of historical events that the, uh, the political party, the party as it's known in the book, wants to erase from the public memory, they could do that because you know, eventually you might have thoughts about things that you could swear that happened right? It's called the Mandela effect. The Mandela effect is that a lot of people believed that Mandela was dead, except uh, he wasn't dead. He was actually in prison. So when he got released from prison and became the president of South South Africa several years ago, that surprised a lot of people because they had really believed he was dead. The Mandela effect is, normally, it's on something that was never true that you think to be true. Um, But the the another sense of that is the idea that something is true that or something was never it's the same thing it's something never was true eventually in time what i'm trying to say is that you you kind of look back on things as true and they weren't true. Now, sometimes things could have been true in the past, and that's what the memory hole is meant to do. It's meant to erase things that were true in the past so that they conform with whatever the notion is today. And sometimes they would actually replace the original documents. So they'd destroy the old documents, but then they would replace the new documents. So there'd be a magazine or a book or something from the library that had one version of history, and then they would Uh, take that book out, destroy it, and then replace it with another book that has the new version of history. And what happens is after a generation or two, anybody who was alive to realize that things aren't quite right, well, they've passed away or they've forgotten or over time, our memories, you know, we kind of just forget what was true and what wasn't. And that is the strategy. And that's what goes on in the book. So the main character's job is to do that. Yesterday, we saw this in our major newspapers and uh, across the world, not just here, regarding the supposed Israeli strike that that killed 500 people in uh, Gaza at a hospital. Now, there's always fog of war and there's always things. But here's something to, to recognize. Here's what happened. New York Times, their first, and other papers did this. I'm just going to pick on the New York Times for now. Washington Post did the same thing. Wall Street Journal did did this. Um, The uh, BBC did this. Um, The first headline, Israeli strike kills hundreds in hospital, Palestinians say. Uh, None of that is true, except for the, uh, in fact, even the Palestinians say isn't true, because it's really Israeli strike kills hundreds in hospital, Hamas says. And they just took him at their word. And it wasn't just the New York Times. It was was elsewhere. There was an immediate charge to blame Israel for some terrible thing. And it would be a terrible thing. And frankly, there's going to be terrible things like this. Whether it is deliberate or whether it is accident, what we're going to see is some terrible, terrible things in this war. And we will, I think, possibly see hospitals or schools... Or churches or mosques bombed, and Israel is going to say, well, they were using that to fire off weapons, or that's where they were storing their weapons cache. Uh, there was a mosque that was destroyed a couple of days ago, and that was exactly what it was. It was you, why'd you blow up our mosque? Well, it's, if you notice on the video, there's multiple secondary explosions, and it's because it was loaded with ammunition. And that's why. We're going to see some terrible things. But this story didn't happen. But the media went very quickly to do this. This is uh, the BBC
2: really trying to make sure that this was Israel. The Israeli military has been contacted uh, for comment, and they have said that they are investigating. But, uh, you know, it is hard to see what else this could be, really, given the size of the explosion, other than an Israeli airstrike or several airstrikes. Uh, because, you know, when we've seen rockets being fired out of Gaza, uh, we never see uh, explosions of that scale. We might see... You
1: know what's interesting uh, about this is he says that is none of that's true. He's, he's making that up about the explosion. He didn't even see the explosion, apparently. And whatever he saw, it wasn't what he thought, because now we know something else. We know that this didn't happen. Later on, as it became started to become clear that there's a different part of the story. The first part of the story was Israel saying, no, the hospital was hit by a Gaza rocket, a Palestinian rocket, Hamas rocket, or another Islamic jihad group. I've had some confusion about that. There are lots of Islamic uh, jihad groups, and uh, apparently they don't have any food or water or access to that, but they seem to be able to keep getting missiles. That's interesting with that whole uh, blockade thing, right? You can't get food and water for people, but you have no problem importing missiles thousands of them from Iran. That's a, a remarkable thing. Um, and so the story was, hey, you know what? What we're hearing is that a lot of these uh, missiles aren't very good, and up to 40% of them don't even uh, get off the ground, or they blow up right on the stand, or they just go, they don't go too far, and they end up bombing themselves. And so that's what Israel was saying, is that, no, you bombed yourself with all of that. So the New York Times headline went from, Israeli strike kills hundreds in hospital, Palestinian set. You need to know that that headline went out And it had an effect in the world. And the effect was, in one sense, President Biden was going over there and he was going to meet not only with the leaders of Israel, but also the president of Jordan, the king of Jordan, and other people. All those meetings got canceled. Most of those meetings got canceled because of this fake headline, which was never a real headline. Now, it was deliberately planted there by Hamas because. Their goal is not even to live. Their goal is not that Palestinians live. This is their stated goal. Their stated goal is to destroy Israel and kill the Jews, and they will use whatever media psychology they can to do that. And the idea that Israel would destroy a hospital and kill 500 people, that doesn't make anybody feel good about Israel and what it's doing, regardless of what you think about you know, what happened and their retaliation. People are going to say, you, you need to not do that. Well, that word went out and it went to all the campuses and a lot of these protests and people are still saying it. We'll get to that in a minute. But if, a couple of hours later, the headline changed from the New York Times. Instead of saying Israeli strike kills hundreds in hospital, Palestinians say, it changed to at least 500 dead in strike on Gaza hospital. It doesn't say Israeli strike. They just dropped that word out of there. Uh, still says Palestinians say. And then a couple of hours later, they changed it to at least 500 dead in blast on Gaza Hospital. See, that's kind of ambiguous, right? First, it's Israel bombed a hospital and killed 500 people. That's the first thing that went out. They didn't retract it, by the way. You know what they did? They memory hold it. They put it in the incinerator, and that's what you can do digitally. You can do it immediately digitally. Bam, there it is. Now, what people do is they are aware of this. So lots of people online, they take screenshots, which is a, basically a picture of what's on your screen. And there are different ways to go back and see what used to be there. That's still something that's available. And they changed it. They changed it from Israeli strike to then strike, not really saying who did it, but the implication of that second statement would, I think, lead you to think Israel did it. And then the third one, at least 500 dead and blast on Gaza hospital, it's still leaving the implication, I think, there that Israel did it, although it doesn't actually say that. But because the first one said that, the entire uh, progression of this headline leads you to believe something that wasn't true. And for several hours, this happened. See, it turns out, and now today you can see verified photos that not only did Israel not fire the missile, it was a Gaza missile. It hit a parking lot instead of the hospital, and it did cause some damage, maybe some deaths, but only a few people as far as I understand, and it didn't hit the hospital directly at all. So almost all of that is not true. Now, this is what the New York Times says now about it. A small impact crater caused by the munition that that hit the area was visible close to the parking lot. Damage could be seen on some of the surrounding buildings and structures. Roof tiles were blown off a church, an ambulance poured in a building, windows in a building housing a cancer diagnostic center were shattered. That's how they describe this. It did not kill 500 people. That should have been the first clue, by the way. How do you know it killed 500? You don't know that right off the bat anyway. The BBC also, in doing the same thing, and I'm pointing this out too because this is global, not just a United States media problem. This is a a media problem globally. BBC now says this, based on available evidence, it appears that the explosion happened in a courtyard, which is part of the hospital site. Images of the ground after the blast do not show significant damage to surrounding hospital buildings. Now, the problem is that people around the world still believe the first statement. People around the world, and I've seen this in Turkey today, we've seen it in New York, we're seeing it in Philadelphia, there are protests in Washington, D.C. today all about this, I'll play uh, some of that for you here in a minute, and they're talking about Israel bombing the hospital, and how that's illegal, and how, what a, a terrible tragedy that is, all of which would be correct if it happened, but it didn't happen. And they are either people who have decided to go against what's true because the original narrative fits what they want to say, or they just simply haven't heard that that original story wasn't true. The original story was so outrageous, it would create so much emotion and anger, I think in a person, that you can't even hear it. You you don't even tune back in to find out that what you heard wasn't true. This is the state of information And this is something that we have to know about ourselves. Sometimes we hear something that we want to hear, and it can be a national story, but it can be a personal story about somebody you don't like, right? That's what gossip, that's why gossip is bad, is that you hear something about somebody that you don't like, and you just accept it as true because you hear it from the person who you trust. I don't know if you realize that, you know, the Bible says gossip separates close friends, that ultimately people who gossip divide their own friendships and destroy their own worlds, And the reason is because eventually people realize that the gossiper cannot be trusted. They either cannot be trusted to be sharing truthful information about somebody else, or they can't be trusted to be sharing even your personal private information. You start to think that your friend will not keep it private, so you stop sharing with them, and the relationship severs over time. See, that is the nature of communication when we aren't committed to the truth or when we have other agendas, it's an important thing. This is, on the grander scale, something that has impacted whatever chances there have been to stop this war from growing larger in the Arab world. That might happen anyway, but this just incensed a whole lot of people, and it was something that wasn't true. And it's something that the New York Times or other news organizations used to be able to come out with a whole statement about, hey, what we said wasn't true, and we're sorry, and here's the facts, and here's what you need to know. Now what they're capable of doing is just memory-holding it and pretending they never said it. You ever see this in articles? I see this all the time. You you go down, and by the way, this is a Pastor Scott show. You can give us a call and join the conversation, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I see this a lot when I read articles online, and I read most of the stuff online today is you scroll down and somewhere at the bottom, often sometimes it's at the top, but often it's at the very bottom of the article. You read, this article has been updated uh, and it gives certain times. And sometimes it'll tell you what it was updated to say because it corrected false information. Um, Sometimes it doesn't tell you what was corrected, only that it has been edited. And you don't know what that is. Is it a typo? Or is it something that is factual information that has been changed? And that's the memory holding that is happening here. See, for the New York Times or any other organization to just take Hamas at their word is crazy. They should never have done that. Uh, they shouldn't run with it. There's a race to be first and things like that. But you probably could have characterized this as something a lot less inflammatory. I think that there are plenty of people, and, and we're seeing this in a lot of the protests, who want to see Israel fail, who hate in that way, in an anti-Semitic way. We're seeing this in our government with some officials. We're seeing this in our campuses. And uh, it is something that we should take note, especially in a world today where, you know, if you uh, look at somebody funny, you can suddenly be called a racist or a homophobe or an Islamophobe or whatever kind of phobe you are. And uh, that is the, the type of walk on eggshells world that we have designed for ourselves. And here we're talking about terrorist actions and war and real life and death. And we can't get that subject right and we can't apologize to say we got it wrong. We just pretend we got it right. We can't do that. Uh, That is not uh, a good thing. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888 528 2557. Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib has been running with the story today, for example, even though she knows it's not true. And this is her leading a protest in Washington.
3: I think it's okay to bomb a hospital where children. You know what's so hard sometimes is watching those videos and, and the people telling the kids don't cry and like let them cry. And they're shaking. And somebody, you know this, they keep telling them not to cry in Arabic. They, do, they can cry. I can cry. We all can cry. If we're not crying, something is wrong. And so I'm telling you right now, President Biden, not all America's with you on this one. And you need to wake up and
1: understand that. Now she turns and uh, starts to blame President Biden because President Biden, for his part, has been very upfront about his support for Israel. He, in fact, he went over there. And by the way, you know, we talk about this a lot. And Biden has missed the boat on being present a lot of the time, right? But this time, the president has went to Israel. And whether or not that's a good thing historically, you know, people will debate that for a while. And he got, out of, got in there and got out of there. I think all of that is fine. But he was present. He was there. That's something you do for your friends. You show up. Uh, you get there and you have to give him a lot of credit for that. And I think that he has been, you know, people are going to criticize some things and there might be a lot of pressure on him later to change some direction. And I get that The hundred million dollars that he's going to give to uh, for humanitarian aid, which I think is fine. If you could guarantee that it's going to go for that, the problem is going to be, is it just going to go for more missiles? That's where that money tends to end up. Um, and we know that by the way, um, but President Biden, to his, his credit, has taken the correct side on this. But Rashida Talib doesn't like it. And
3: to my president, to our president, yes, he's still. Our, well, hold on.
1: I know. Okay, and, and that crowd, that crowd's not too happy about it either.
3: And to my president, to our president, yes, he still. Our, well, hold on. I know. I. Hey, I want him to know, as a Palestinian American is also somebody of Muslim faith. I'm not gonna forget this. And I think a lot of people are not gonna forget this. And it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not not a threat. It isn't. They, They think we're joking. I mean, I think the White House and everyone thinks that we're just gonna sit back and let this just continue to happen. No. The fact of the matter is our lives are not safe with you.
1: So she's making a lot of comments, uh, kind of against everybody, but she leveraged it with this fake story, and we have got to be vigilant about these things, Um, especially in a time where you know violence in our street I think is possible, and we're already divided enough as it is on so many other issues getting what's true and getting, being patient enough to wait sometimes is really critical. The number is 888-528-2557. Let's go to the phones. Monica in LA, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi,
3: Pastor um, Scott, I am definitely one that supports finding out the facts, um, kind of getting, kind of re-questioning what I've already heard the first time when I was younger. I took the information I got at face value, Um, I was very passionate. I was very zealous, even uh, at six years old, and would blame everybody. So I broke a lot of trust in friendships and family relationships uh, that still affect me today. Um, By the grace of God, I'm relearning how to listen first, talk after.
1: That's a hard skill to develop, isn't it?
3: Well, and it came with uh, some consequences.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it affects us relationally. And, you know, I've I've done that before. I've, like, sent an email where I mis- even misread somebody's email and sent something back, some fiery thing back, and it turned out I was just misinterpreting it or I didn't know all oh. the facts. That's a horrible yeah. thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Did you
3: get to keep your job?
1: Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I learned, though, I learned. Did you lose a job because of something like this?
3: Well, I did lose a job because I like to share my opinions first without reading the room.
1: Uh, yeah, you got to be careful about that. It's always better to to, to listen first. That's something I've learned from uh, older mentors who are awfully quiet in, in rooms full of people discussing things. And I finally realized it's not because they don't have something to say. It's because they're smart enough to listen before they say and uh, that's a pretty good thing. Monica, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. I'm glad that you're learning that we all have to do that. Um, I got to take a break. I see your calls coming in. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can follow me at Pastor Scott Show right now on social media, Facebook, Twitter, X, or Instagram. And you can watch us right now at kkla.com. We'll be back as the Wednesday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned.
2: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show.
3: The majority of Americans are literally against oppression. They are. They're against occupation. They're against uh, human rights violations. If you just tell them the truth, they will be on our side. So we have to speak the truth we got to stop allowing people to police our words, to target what we say. At the end, Maya and Shama should be alive. And if we don't get back to our shared humanity, I don't think we're ever, ever going to be able to come back from this.
1: Asking us to uh, examine the truth. This is after she uh, riled up a crowd with the story of the supposed hospital bombing, which did not happen, uh, it turns out, at all. And uh, that is something that uh, we've got to be... Aware of. We've been talking about that in respect to uh, Israel, of course, in the news. And you have this in wars, in all wars, this is the fog of war. Sometimes it takes months to find out what actually happened, right? There's even years. There's all kinds of things that can take a long time. Um, when something is happening live, there's a lot of different perspectives on it. Remember whenever 9 11 happened, there were people who thought it was a bomb, people who thought it was a small plane, large plane, lots of different uh, you know, things that people had to say it takes a while. Now, people watching it on TV had a better perspective of it, but people who were there, it's just hard. It's it's part of it. We've got to be careful. You know, in the Bible, the uh, Bereans were known for being a group of people who didn't just take what they heard. They instead decided that they would uh, look it up. And the scriptures say that when the apostles went into Berea in Acts 17, Uh, when Paul and Silas went in there. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now, the Berean Jews were more of a noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, and as did a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. And, you know, it's remarkable in that passage there where it says, as a result of them examining the scriptures to see if what Paul said was true... Uh, a lot of people got saved. It is okay to go back and examine what people have to say to make sure that they are reporting and to realize that there's bias and to know what those things are and to know what other agendas are. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. Dawn in LA, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
3: Oh, hi, Pastor Scott. Um, You know, first off, speaking of misinformation, um, there is no truth in Islam, okay, so
4: for all the people out there that see this as a truth and then they set themselves you know their position on that, of course, you know it 's going to be a great disaster for them in this life and in the one to come, because the big informa- the big misinformation is. Uh, that Islam is anything but a principality and a power and a wicked spirit in a high place.
1: You know, I think that what people should do, this is why people need to read the Hamas charter. Uh, You know, if you want to learn what the history is of all of this stuff and you want to know why this is happening, read that charter. It's a religious document uh, like the Constitution of Hamas, and it does not say anything about a two-state solution except that there are literally against it and that their purpose the design of hamas is to kill jews everywhere and to wipe israel off the map and it's religiously motivated and that's something you know i think that the religious aspect to all of this you can't ignore it really if you want to understand what's going on i think the reason it gets ignored and don this goes to your point is that it gets ignored because you have to make then a determination about what might be true or not true about people's religious beliefs. Yes. And that That's is absolutely. what our culture wants to avoid right now. We want to say that everybody's beliefs are the same and that everything's okay, you know, that you can have your truth and I can have mine, and you can have your culture and I can have mine. But the problem is, is that there are some cultures that cannot be allowed, and a culture that wants to murder another culture cannot be allowed um yes. and but we're afraid to say that and that's part of the the problem i think with a lot of things today. Yes. Yeah, Don. Well, I agree. Yeah. Don, thank you for calling the Pastor Scott show. Charlie in Westminster, welcome to the Pastor Scott show.
4: Oh uh, hi. Thanks. Um we aren't we are also kind of like uh, Hamas or have been. Uh i don't Who's like
1: we, the- United States?
4: Well, remember President Bush, Secretary Powell, Condoleezza Wright, Director Tenet. They all talked about the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq,
1: and it hurt us, didn't it? Yeah, like it—it it hurt us on the national stage that they were—that they were wrong, you know. Well,
4: maybe, yeah, they were wrong, but also they had—they had their agenda. They wanted they, they wanted to go to war against Iraq. I remember the the Kuwaiti nurse who testified before Congress about the uh, Iraqi uh, soldiers putting babies from incubators onto the cold floor. Well, she, as I understand it, she turned out not to be a nurse, and that didn't happen. Remember yeah, I, the Gulf of Tonkin. I
1: don't remember that particular story, but you're right. Then, and, and the oh, thing to keep, very in, and the oh, thing, was, yeah, I just don't remember it. But real the
4: motivation to get uh, to, to get into the war against Iraq.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not saying you're not that you're not telling the truth. I just don't remember that specific thing. But uh, your point is correct that when they're and even when it's our own country we have to question things part of being a democracy is we have a lot more right to do that you know part of what eventually happens is the truth does come out even if it takes a long time
4: um, uh, sometimes, it, sometimes. It's, it's disputed you know people argue about the truth of different things The Israelis. You know, at first they had different stories about the uh, uh, the shooting of uh, the American reporter Shireen Abu Akleh. They denied it, and then they had another story, and finally they admitted. Is that
1: the one in the West Bank that happened a while ago?
4: Yeah, the one. With, with the big vest and the helmet, you
1: know. Right, all of that. You and know, you t- admitted it. but that's the point of this uh, whole thing is that you have to realize that sometimes people are wrong or they have agendas. And you can't just take something as fact just because it fits whatever our personal agenda is. Thank I'm you. Thank you for calling, Charlie. Appreciate that. Then this is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. And, you know, something about being in a democracy is that we have a right to learn things like that. There are certain things that we may never know. There are certain things that we might find out, you know, a long time later. And there's some appropriateness of that on on certain things, where there are things that are private and other things. But the goal is to always know the truth. Everybody is better off when the truth is known. And one of the reasons for a democracy that is good is while they're not perfect – And while they have made mistakes and have lied before democracies, there is a much greater chance that the truth will come out in a democracy. There is a much greater chance that we will eventually discover what kinds of things are true um, or get more information. We have something in this country called the Freedom of Information Act, and there are lots of groups that sue and sue the government and other organizations for that with the idea that some things we have a right to know. And it upends a lot of uh, narratives that turn out not to be true. You know, as as Christians, we have to keep in mind that, you know, our even our own country isn't always hasn't always been truthful. There are things that have happened in our history that where the government has lied in the areas of war or places where there have been wrong, and some people would disagree on you know like weapons of mass destruction. Some people say that the Bush administration people lied. Other people said that they just got it wrong. Whatever the case is, uh, it was incorrect. And uh, those kinds of things matter greatly. And it brings me back to our own faith. You know, how much of the of what we believe in our faith can we actually go back to the scriptures and point it out? What I mean is, you know, there's things that divide Christians sometimes, and most of those things uh, are not the most important issues, right? We can disagree on different things. But I wonder how often we actually go back and read it. That's something I always try to do. Is that if you have you know between things that Christians would argue about or or people who read the Bible would argue about? When was the last time if you're arguing about say creation? When was the last time that you actually read the creation story? You know Genesis one and two. When was the last time you read it? Go back and read it. Um, if you are dealing with you know controversial subjects like uh, you know predestination or Armenianism or some things like that that get controversial with people, when was the last time that you actually read those passages? and what they mean, um, or whatever the subject might be, sexual morality issues or things like that. When was the last time you studied those for yourself, uh, or studied those with a group of people where you were looking to see what the Word says, not just what an agenda is? You know, that matters greatly for our faith. That same discipline should be true with how we treat the newspaper. That same discipline should be true with anything. We're going to lead a better life if we seek the truth. Sometimes we can't we can't know it for sure. And sometimes we have to agree to disagree. You know, when it comes to things scripturally, sometimes the things that are controversial, maybe the reason that we disagree is because what we're supposed to do is be in awe of God more. Maybe we're supposed to acknowledge that we can't understand how God does everything he's going to do or why he's going to do it. And that's why his word tells us that his ways are not our ways. We have to be in awe of that. That's one of the things that should drive how we worship and that pursuit of truth should lead us all in a, a better place of unity in every part of our life. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven Iris in your Belinda. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
3: Uh hello. Hi uh,
1: Iris. I have a question. Yeah. yeah do
3: you... Go ahead. Okay. So I stand with Israel, but I have a question. You mentioned that there is Misinformation regarding this um, bombing of the hospital. Yeah, and I literally just read on the Wall Street Journal about this bombing. So um, you're saying that it is misinformation, and so I just like to know how did you verify that this is not true, and why is the press putting out this uh, this lie that Israel bombed a hospital?
1: Did you read it like in the paper version of the Wall Street Journal or the digital version?
3: The digital version.
1: And like just now, here's, what, here's the headline on the Wall Street Journal now. Uh, U.S. experts say evidence suggests Palestinian rocket hit Gaza hospital. And what's happened is, and the Wall Street Journal was guilty of some of this too, is jumping to the conclusion of blaming Israel for it um, because Hamas said so. And now what's happened with, I imagine the Wall Street Journal has the same information as the New York Times and others, is now they have people on the ground where that hospital is, and that hospital is actually still standing. And there is evidence of a bomb that hit in a parking lot next to it. And there's significant damage to cars, and it's likely that some people died, and there's windows blown out of the hospital and and those things. But the initial story was not true. Um, the part that's not true, number one, is it was not an Israeli rocket. Second part is that uh, it was an uh, a Islamic Jihad rocket that uh, malfunctioned and landed over there. And the third thing's not true is it didn't hit the hospital directly, and there's not 500 people dead. Does that make sense? I no, think- it does. I, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. That. So I, I think that the what I'm getting at here is that we have to be very careful not to judge ourselves because what we're seeing is, and this can go any direction, right, with different things. We might hear something in the news, particularly if it's about war, that we just will accept as true. Um, but we have to wait because it often changes. And especially in something where there's so much controversy on who's who, uh, the evidence changes. What's What bothers me about how the digital world is working is that we're not getting retractions from newspapers. They're just re-uploading a new headline without saying, by the way, our old headline was wrong and misleading. I agree. And that part is bad. Uh, that's, we got to find a way to not do that. Uh, Iris, thanks for that call. That's a great call and uh, important to call about that. i got to take a break. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And we'll be back as the Wednesday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned.
2: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now back to the show. President Biden
1: yesterday and his initial remarks about the report of the hospital being bombed, which uh, we've been talking about today, that most of that report was incorrect, where now there are people on the ground who can look at it. And uh, it was a Gaza rocket that landed in a parking lot next to the hospital, caused a lot of damage, uh, might have taken some life, but not the 500 people. And it wasn't from Israel and uh, that is not to say that there aren't going to be bombs falling that are going to uh, kill a lot of uh, a lot of people and kids and maybe um, some bad things. That's something that we can expect. But the uh, what we've been talking about is how do we keep things straight as Christians, even in our own faith, and how do we make sure that we're speaking the truth and patient enough, especially when tensions are high. That's something that concerns me a lot too. Is the the tensions being high? When I say that, I don't think we should just sit back and say, "Oh." Uh, tensions are high, well, that's too bad. Um, I think that we have a role to play. I think as Christians who are the light of the world, and you are the light of the world, by the way, that, you know, maybe you don't think you're the light of the world. Friend, you know, friend of mine was away from the Lord and she was kind of rebellious, like openly rebellious against the Lord in her life. And there was this situation with one of her coworkers where she was working, where that person was, angry at God himself and just had a lot of negative remarks and things to say about the church or about the Bible or about God, whatever it was he was going through. And he kept saying this to this friend of mine, and she came to me frustrated because she said, you know what, I am not walking with the Lord. She grew up in the church, and she's back now, by the way. And uh, the funny thing is she said, this guy keeps telling me all this stuff, but the thing is, is that I happen to know that none of this stuff is true that he's saying, that his his opinion about whatever the Bible says is not actually what the Bible said, because this person knew her Bible pretty well. And she said that she would carpool with him and he would gripe the whole time and then she would have to correct him. And what was happening is that she found herself in this role of having to say, now look, I'm not really living my life as a Christian right now, but as I'm hearing you, you need to know that the things that you're saying are not accurate. And suddenly she is in this role where she is forced to help this guy untangle his thoughts about faith. And she was really helping him. And inside, she was mad because she felt like, you know, this is, it's a funny story now because it worked out. She said that she felt like God was forcing her into this relationship um, when she didn't want to be there and, and that he, God was fighting with her to bring her back is what she said. She says, I'm having this fight with God. I don't want to come back. And then she sighed and she looked away and I'm she said, to hear you. but I think he's going to win. And she didn't say it like, I hope he wins. She said like, and I think he's going to win, meaning God's going to win. And the great part of the story is God did win. And, you know, she is somebody who at her church now is is a leader. Uh, She's been, had a great testimony. Her life's turned around in so many different ways. The thing is, is that she was the light of the world, even when she didn't want to be a light. I don't think that's how it works for most of us, but she knew enough about her faith, she was still being used by God, even in the midst of her rebellion. I don't think that's how it often works. And I think that sometimes we put the bowl over our light, and she had done that, I think, for most of her life. But the thing is, is that even somebody who was rebelling against the Lord, God still used to straighten somebody else out. And I like to tell you that, that I think sometimes... We feel like our pastors or our leaders are, you know, or people we look up to in the faith, you know, whatever we want to say. You know, sometimes people say a oh, pillar of the faith that they have something extra in their, um, I don't know, their their connection with God or whatever it is. And you know, I would like to say that there's a maturity issue, maybe for sure, but do not think for a second that God can't use you right where you are to be a light in the world that he's placed you in. That when Jesus says, you you are the light of the world, he wasn't just talking to his uh, disciples, you know, the 12. He wasn't just talking to certain people maybe who had maturity. He was talking to a whole group of people who were at different levels of maturity, many of whom were poor in spirit, and theirs is the kingdom of God. And, you know, there is a role that we have to play in this world today with our scriptures, with I think discipline and I think it matters there's a poll out today and it's like one poll but a large percentage of Americans according to this poll both Democrats and Republicans feel like uh, violence is acceptable uh, to stop political opponents from from attaining their goals 41 percent of Biden supporters and 38 percent of Trump supporters said yes to that that's a large number I don't even want to believe that number and I look at that and I say you know if we are at a place where we have just lost the ability as a nation, not only to have a conversation in our disagreement, but the, we've lost the drive to persuade. You know, if we, if we don't believe in the truth enough ourselves that we just want to eliminate somebody else who disagrees with us, that is not okay. That can't be us as Christians. Our role is to persuade. Our role is to realize that we are the light of the world, that people will come to us in these dark times with the light, with looking for the light. And that we can be patient, we should be truthful in every way we can, including when we're talking about the events that are in the news, that we need to to take a look at those things and say, hey, um, maybe I don't know what's true, and maybe it doesn't matter what's true as far as who's reporting what with respect to how do I share my faith that the hope that we have is in Jesus Christ. That everything you're seeing happening in Israel right now, whether it is Um, moving us along very quickly towards the return of Christ, or maybe it's just another event and a long line of wars that are going to happen. We're going to talk about that next with uh, Pastor Philip DeCourcy uh, in the next segment. But, you know, whatever it is, part of the message is, hey, what's happening in Israel? The reason that President Biden is going to give a uh, Oval Office address tomorrow about whatever's happening in Israel. That's remarkable when you think about you know all the different things, how this is entangling the whole world. That should say something about the purpose of Israel, um, the scriptural um, promises that are made to Israel, the existence of Israel as a whole, and the truth of Christianity is what I would say to that. It's something to listen to, and that should give us all hope. And I, I want to encourage you that you don't have to have the right answer for everything. Particularly things in the news it 's helpful for the conversation. What you want to do is be truthful and listen as much as you can because your testimony about Christ is what matters. Your testimony about what you know Christ has done in your life you know sometimes your own story is the most powerful part of the story. You know one of the things that is um, has always been a apologetic for Christians is marriages. And uh, our marriages struggle like anybody else. I'm going to encourage you, if you are married, to go to the Resist the Drift conference that is coming up in Anaheim on November 3rd and 4th. You can go to kkla.com right now and click the banner for Resist the Drift. It's uh, put on by Focus on the Family and uh, by Salem, who uh, runs this program. And it is November 3rd and 4th. It will be at Calvary Chapel East Anaheim uh, in Anaheim, California, I think, obviously. And, uh, you know, I think think you're going to find it to be really good. It's led by Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley. They're hilarious. They do a great job with it. And wherever you're at in your marriage, you might be, you know, on your your last leg, but you also might be doing fine. This is for everybody. And it's something important to do to come together and study the scriptures, to come together, have a good time and strengthen our marriage wherever we find it to put us on a good path. I think that you will find this to be very, very helpful. It starts at, uh, doors open at 5.30 on Friday night, November 3rd, and uh, it's 8 to 12 on Saturday morning. So it's not the whole weekend, just a Friday night, Saturday morning. It's called Resist the Drift because a lot of what's happening in our marriages is we just drift apart, and this is to help you move closer together. So go to kkla.com right now. You can click on the Resist the Drift banner, and uh, you can get tickets right there for November 3rd and 4th. I encourage you to do that. I'll be there. Looking forward to seeing you there. This is the Pastor Scott Show. When we come back, Pastor Philip DeCourcy from Know the Truth will be here to talk about what is going on in Israel from a biblical perspective. You don't want to miss that. You can follow us right now at Pastor Scott Show on social media. You can get the podcast at the Pastor Scott Show, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can watch us at kkla.com. We'll be back with Pastor Philip DeCourcy in just a moment. Stay tuned.